Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hi, David. Eric, excited to continue yes. this series, on. which I think is really good and timely here. So, Eric, we we wrapped up kind of talking about interest rate effects on downturns and you know how capital can become misallocated when we manipulate interest rates. Certainly, interest rates have been manipulated. Yes. Let's extend on that now because I really, we want to get this to, for the manager who says, I run a Main Street business, guys, give me something I can do in my business right now. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or how, how is this likely to right. impact my business? Right. So what maybe are some leading indicators that I can be looking right. at. Right. So let's make sure we take it there in yeah. this episode. So let, let's talk about the capital misallocation. And so the downturn starts. And a lot of times, I mean, it's almost hilarious when you look at a lot of economics textbooks, a lot of mainstream narratives about downturns, you read like, why did the downturn start? And very often you'll hear the explanation. After I say this, go check me on this, go read your economics textbook, right? And see, and they'll say a lot of times a a recession begins when consumers stop spending, right? Like as if- Consumer sentiment. Right. They, as if they all, like they all just woke up one day and said, I don't want to spend money today, right? And just stopped. It may be the case that indeed consumers did stop spending, but we we can't stop there. I have to ask, well, why is that? Why Why did they stop spending the money, right? And so we can't just say, oh, well, consumers stopped spending. Oh, well, we're in a recession, right? There's some causes of this. And then another thing, David, would be they don't just dry up and stop everything. There are some things that continue, necessities that continue. And so those are are some important things that we have to lay out because that has impacts on certain industries differently. And and certainly data in the last few downturns kind of proves that that narrative is not the case. So if it was the case that consumers just stopped spending and this was the catalyst for a recession, it was all consumers just not spending money. And if we, because often when we think that's the problem, when we look for solutions, the solution becomes, how do we get consumers to spend more money? Because if we could just get them to spend more, we'd all be okay, right? But when we look at the data in the last few downturns, probably all downturns, we we see a difference between consumer goods industries and capital goods industries. Right. If the mainstream narrative was correct, we would see consumer goods industries really taking a dive in recessions and capital goods industries maybe being less affected. But actually, what actually happens is the opposite. So usually consumer goods industries are less impacted in recessions, especially non-discretionary consumer goods. Capital goods industries are enormously impacted in recessions. So one, we could say, if we want to dive into theory, which we won't hear, we say, wait a second, maybe there's a different cause. (laughs) And I would give you a spoiler alert. It has a lot to do with those interest rates and the manipulation of interest rates. But for the mainstream business, say, wait a second here. So this can be good news because this can help me start to plan for what society is going to want in a downturn. Right. So 
usually people don't say, you know, I lost my job. You know, things are really expensive. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm going to not use toilet paper today. Right? <laughs> You're going to use toilet paper no matter what is going on in the economy. Right? Yes, that's so right. that's an example of a non-discretionary consumer good that is very stable, right? When things go, and it also I don't say, man, my stock portfolio is up. This is, I make, I make more money ever. I'll use more toilet paper today. No, we don't. We use the same amount, <laughs> right? So it's a very stable consumer good, yeah. right? And so when we start thinking about that is like, okay, well, what sectors of the economy then are going to be affected here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then the flip side of that is, okay, you know, I, I, I've lost my job or I'm a little bit worried about potentially losing my job. I'm, I'm in this industry or that industry. There's rumblings, what have you. Man, you know, we were, we were planning on going and doing that remodel or we were planning right. on getting that, that new car. Well, you know what? That, that car that's sitting in our garage that uh, is paid for and it may not look as nice and, you know, all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Maybe you could go a few more years. It's like, I think it can go on for a little bit. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think I'll ride that puppy a little bit longer. And Eric, now when you say that, there's going to be some work needs to be done to make that thing last a few more years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, now I might need to, you know, my trade-off is, is that I'm, I'm going to trade a, a new note or a new purchase uh, of a new vehicle for maintaining right. my vehicle a little bit better. So, That's right. you know, you should not be as religious as I should have been around oil changes. And, right. oh, you know, now I need that, that AC needs a fix or something like that because some things are going right. to start going. Back. So whereas I might have made a decision, you know what, this thing doesn't look good anymore. It's giving me some trouble. I'll just get a new car. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit more likely to say, wait, 400 bucks for a new part. And that gets me six more months of use. I'll buy the part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Versus taking on a, a new note for six or seven hundred dollars. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's one great example there Eric, of, you know, maintenance industries often do better. In recessions. Right. Right. Now they may they may also come down as well as people just spend less altogether, but compared to a new build industry versus a maintenance company, car maintenance company, probably the maintenance company is gonna have less of a downturn or maybe even pick up business in the right. recession. Right. Whereas the new car factory probably is gonna have cuts, job right. cuts, they just right. won't have as many orders. Right. Well, and then, and then, you know, my example was maybe not the best when it comes to remodeling, but hey, we've got the opportunity to, to move. Well, you know, mm-hmm. if we do that, we've got our existing, in, you know, interest rate, interest mortgage on our home today. And, you know, instead of looking at that new house or in that new neighborhood or something like that, you know what? I like this house. We're at a two to three percent mortgage rate. Let's stay here, but we need to make a few improvements. So the remodel side of the business may pick up, but the new home starts right. may may change. So and, and we're seeing that new yeah. home starts are down. Yeah, significantly right now. Yeah, right? yeah. But I don't know that there's a industry specific indicator, if you will, on the remodel versus. The new home, like the new home starts, you see that. But right. the remodel side of things is kind of a little more stealthy. Yeah, um, it's it's not as, there aren't as many, I guess, publicly available refined data sets on that. You can right. kind of get to it, right? But absolutely, you're right. So on new homes right now, Eric, I mean, that's, that's probably the area of the economy that, here we are again, it was January 2023. That's the area of the economy probably 
seen the biggest impact so far right now is yeah. even though new home starts are only down to what 2018 levels right right so they're still way above 2015 but they're significantly down from 2021 and we have a whole industry that ramped up to be able to perform at that level and demand is down yeah right, right. and it's for the things you said right i mean interest rates are up you know it's just really difficult right now so anyone who's peripheral to that industry right you start thinking do we do we shift if we're if we've been serving new home builders do we shift to the remodel market do we try to make inroads there right, right. If, if my hopefully my product will enable me to do that maybe if i can serve both do i try to start now making sales efforts there versus just waiting for the next new home builder to turn right. back on or you also see uh, i mean i've seen this you know there's a lot of other home ownership costs that have risen fairly substantially. I know here in our market in the South, some have risen dramatically besides the interest rate factor, things like insurances and things of that nature. And so what you're seeing is affordability for some sector of of the economy and and for some consumer group, it's coming harder and harder now with the interest rate, with some of these other costs to actually own a new home. And so you're seeing now an increase in the amount of apartments because mm-hmm. people are shifting from home ownership to, get to rental because they just can't. They just can't cover that full and complete nut, if you will, for home purchase and home ownership. And so you're seeing some of that. And, and you know, if you're a contractor, you know, maybe it's like, well, let's just shift from you know, the residential side of things, maybe to more of a commercial type of development just because of that change. And, you know, the question is, is, again, is that going to be short-lived or is that going to be a long-term situation? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. And, and Eric, I think you and I were talking earlier, you brought up, you know, different medical things. Yeah. Right. In in healthcare or, or medicine, right? This is an area that, you know, within there, there's certain segments that may shrink certain segments that may stay stable, maybe even some that might grow right. in a downturn. Right. So your your elective surgeries and cosmetics and those types of things, if, if they're extra disposable money being thrown at those and the disposable money, it, you know, people are having some issues with, with that, that's likely to go down. You know, regular care, I mean, you get sick, you got to go to the doctor. I mean, that probably is going to maintain... And then some, because people are losing jobs, particularly on the on the health side of things, but that might create physical right. ailments and, and things of that yeah. nature. Some things may be right. increasing. Unfortunately, as those segments, Unfortunately. they may be areas for profit opportunity for investors. Right. But it's unfortunate, though, that it gets created because people in a downturn have more anxiety, more depression, right? And, yeah. and need different medical services. Need, need, need right? different services. Uh, yeah. They may also be eating more poorly because they can't afford to eat as good a quality of food, right? right? And that, that can affect exactly. our bodies too, right? Exactly, exactly. Another area, waste disposal. You know, mm-hmm. Not to pounce on your toilet paper uh, <laughs> analogy, but you know, our, our, our waste, you know, we, we, we still throw stuff away, right? We still have garbage, things of that uh-huh. nature. So, you know, those recurring types of things, if you're in the waste business, they may have some impact, but for the most part, they're, they're going to stay relatively <laughs> steady. Not necessarily, I guess we probably, in our consumer-driven economy, particularly over the uh-huh. last decade, there's probably been more waste than there should have been otherwise. But in any event, there's there's some stability there right. in that industry. Absolutely. In industry. And so, for the folks listening, hopefully we're putting together here 
we're, it's conversational, but we're putting together this framework of what types of industries might thrive. So if you're an investor, you're thinking, where do I put my money here, right? You can yeah. start to get some sentiments, discount stores, right? Those are places where- Pawn shops. Pawn shops. Pawn shops right? is probably one of the, one of the number one right. things. Um, unfortunately, alcohol-related industries do well in downturns, right? So they're starting to think, where do I invest? Or if I am running a business in one of these areas- can I plan for growth right now? Or can I, if I'm not in one of these areas, or, or, can yeah, I pivot? If, or I, can I, if I got a multifaceted business, are there certain aspects of my business mm-hmm. that I probably need to be pouring more investment into because they're going right. to, we're going to be shifting. So it's kind right. of a little, I wouldn't call it a pivot per se, but it's more a reallocation of, right. of resources based on where the revenue streams are likely yes. to be going in a downturn. Or if I am just, completely in an industry that does not do well in downturns and I have no resources anywhere else, right? Do I quit? Do I close my doors? Do I sell at a discount? Or do I say, I've got to get really creative. Right. And let me right. figure out now, because someone will still need what I do in this industry, maybe a smaller number of people. Right. The businesses that are number one, two, and three in an industry usually survive to the other end of a recession. Right. right? Everyone else might not be there anymore. Right. How do I make sure I'm number one, two, or three? And I think that Harkens back, harken, is that a harken. good word? <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> back to our strategic planning episodes we did earlier in the podcast, right? right. This, why that stuff is so important to really flush out. What am I really selling? What am I really offering? What's my real value to my community, to my customers? And making sure that I am just spot on with that stuff. Because in a downturn, I can't afford to not know what I'm right. doing. No, and it's a good point that you, you, you're you making about going back to the strategic side. Because this is a strategic thing. It's not... I mean, if we think about it, this is strategic thinking because we're not just letting things happen to us, but we're actually anticipating and we're thinking through. And, and you know, it may be a more of a short term strategic aspect, but hopefully. it is yeah. hopefully. But, you know, part of it's short term, part of it's long term. And, and I remember when when we did some things, it wasn't part of a podcast, but in some of our presentations working with clients in the past, is workshops on should you pivot? And that was, you know, during the, the whole COVID situation because it's like, okay, is this is this a long-term impact that is really changing the way right. people consume, the way people do things? I remember we, we talked about video conferencing and it was right. like, oh my goodness. Is this the new normal yeah. or is, is this, this temporary? The new normal? And right. it's just probably like we knew it was going to have this huge increase, but it would probably plateau out and maybe start to decline. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, those are all things that being ahead of the curve and thinking through it from a strategic standpoint and then making operational modifications in, in response to that and anticipation of that is really, really important because you, you on the last episode, you talked about the three ways that we can respond to this. You know, putting your head in the sand is never. That never is a good one. It's never yes. a good one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So hopefully folks were leaving you with some ways to think through your industries, some ways to think through you know, any big takeaway here. It's just make sure, absolutely, and we've said it before, but we need to keep saying it. It's so, so critical to understand what you're selling, what your value is, how you're delivering it. And what do you, uh, what do your customers, consumers want, need, and how do we match our products and services to those needs? So I'll wrap up with a quote that I'm going to paraphrase because I'm going to, hopefully I get the sentiment, but I don't 
I'll mess up the words. This is from Patrick Lencioni. I was talking to some folks this week about this who were looking at some numbers and kind of getting down or seeing, you know, numbers are getting tough. You know, he talks about if you can get a team of people all knowing where they're going, knowing what their goal is, all rowing in the same direction, you can dominate any industry in any economic cycle. Wow. So let's, let's take that as a, as a parting word. Folks, come on back next time. More to come in this series. Plenty to learn. It could save your business. could help you grow right through the recession. So please come back. Talking more. 